Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside. The show's about to start. Show on Ticket 760. All righty, there we go. It's Tuesday, and welcome to the program. And it didn't take long for the Aaron Rodgers debut, the Aaron Rodgers Jets campaign to begin and end. And I don't know about you, but I'm sad about this. I don't care whether you're an Aaron Rodgers fan or not. He's great for the NFL. He is great for storylines. He is a polarizing figure, and him not playing puts a damper on this season. We'll lead with that today as we welcome in the uh, audio disseminator and producer of this program, Michael Bartlett. Four plays, season over. I, I, I'm not going to say that karma's a B, but uh, just, we'll just put it out there. You know, Why would this be a karma thing? Because of the guy that he is. We uh, we talked about it yesterday. He can act on TV and with his ayahuasca and LSD trips. and like He's the coolest dude in the world, but his track record and credit report shows that he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy. So well, There's a lot of bad guys that we like watching play. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. It's... I, I, I did, I, I was like you, I was like, wait, what? Because I was driving out of the parking lot uh, at about 7.25, and I flipped it over, and all I hear is, you know, Chris Broussard and, and Rod Parker on the, on, the, on the odd couple, and they're like, they bring it up, oh, yeah, they're carting them off the field, and I'm like, wait, what? What happened? <laughs> Who, who's carting off the field? And they're like, yeah, Aaron not- Rodgers. I was like... Holy! <laughs> All right. Well, it did not take long. The Jets still won the game. I don't know if that's a um, a a, a, um, a tribute to playing hard and take one you know one win for the uh, win one for the Gipper thing with uh, Aaron Rodgers out, or if Josh Allen just had another bad day. Uh, but we'll get into that and we'll talk more about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. And I've got a lot of things about that. And for the love of God, can people still get off of Facebook and Twitter and say that they should go after Tom Brady? I'm sick and tired of seeing that already. <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody bring that up this morning as well. And I'm like, dude, it, t- Tom Brady is after the the accolades and everything that he did in the Patriots game against the Eagles, where he was like ringing a bell or all of that. He's not going to pick up the phone and be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go play for. Arguably he one of the worst, one of their deepest rivals well, ever. But, well, you know, but Brett Favre played for Minnesota. So who cares about rivals? It's whoever's paying you. That's that's who you're loyal to. But I don't think Tom Brady's picked up a football in a year. So, no, they're better off with Zach Wilson, even though that may not be great. They're, they're better off. We'll get into that. 
All right. Uh, I said I would talk about this today, and I'm going to get to this uh, in the bottom of the hour after we talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't watch a lot of, uh, well, I watch sports shows and things like that when I remember to turn them on. Uh, I watched the Cowboys game the other night, uh, and after the game, I was working on UTSA stuff for the week and planning the week and all that kind of stuff. So I, I caught, you know, um, uh, the, the the shows after I saw Don Harris, and then Don has a deal with David Chancellor and um, Richard Oliver afterward, uh, overtime, uh, Sports Tonight overtime. And the topic came up about should UTSA start consider building a football stadium on campus? And it's probably three or four times a month. Somebody comes up to me and says, when, are, when is UTSA going to move on campus? And my answer is hopefully never. Never, ever, ever, never, and then some. Uh, after everybody that is alive on this planet today is no longer. And I'll tell you why, again, because somehow it needs to be explained as to why this is not a good idea. So uh, we'll discuss that coming up in a little while as well. The Spurs wave Cameron Payne. It was interesting the way that it was put out there by Woj. They waved campaign so that he could play for a team that's got a chance to a better chance to be a contender. I think the Spurs are a contender for the playoffs. I don't know if they're, but do they want to be a contender for the playoffs? Would the Spurs be better off organically tanking again? Letting Wimbanyama get a, a a year under his belt and going after another lottery pick, and I don't now. I'm not saying that's what the Spurs are thinking. I'm saying that's what Adrian Wojnarowski to me insinuated that they're getting rid of Cameron Payne so he can go play for a team that's got a legitimate chance to win. What's the expectation for the Spurs this year? I don't expect them to be in the NBA Finals, but I expect them to win half their games. I think they can go from 20 to 40 wins with one guy. And if they are able to add another piece to the puzzle, I think they can do more than that. So we'll talk about that coming up. There are some people in North Carolina that have um, a terrible uh, um, disposition. And after Mac Brown said shame on the NCAA for not letting um, Tez Wallace be eligible this year, apparently the NCAA is getting death threats. Our people at the NCAA are getting death threats. I don't know who you are. I don't care how passionate you are about your team or how much you may love Taz Wallace or Mac Brown. When they say something out of frustration, it is not your responsibility to threaten to kill the person that told them no. They are an authority figure. Now, I'm, I don't think the authority of the NCAA holds a whole lot of water. But the NCAA told North Carolina no. And guess who the NCAA reports to? The coaches and the athletic directors and the presidents of the member institutions. And Mac Brown voted for this. And now he wants to change it. And he has a legitimate reason for the exception, but he still voted for this. Uh, and this is a situation where Tez Wallace is still going to get to play. And for the next two years, um, or two years after this year, he's still going to play. And more importantly for Kent State... The team that's on the hook for him graduating or they lose a, a, a graduation percentage point, it's, it's, it's in their benefit for him to sit out and make sure he continues on a path towards gra graduation. 
All right, uh, we'll get into that. Mark Vandermeer joins us at the at five thirty today. We'll uh, evaluate what the Texans did and get his thoughts on C.J. Stroud throwing it forty four times the other day. And uh, Michael was talking earlier today. Why is a rookie quarterback throwing it forty four times? Because you don't have a running back that's very good or an offensive line that can block for him. Is my only thought. I, you know, they did get Devin Singletary from Buffalo, who's serviceable. I'll put it that don't way. Don't you love that word serviceable he, when it comes to NFL players? Yeah, he, he's a serviceable, serviceable running back only because Buffalo is not a running team. So, but he's a veteran dude. And you would think that, hey, to help out my rookie quarterback, who I, I know that Mark is high on him, but I still have my doubts because, again, you and I have talked about this. If you're going to figure out what a rookie quarterback can do, you have to put him out there. And he played all of 10, 15, maybe maybe 20 snaps in the preseason. And you're going to gauge off of that and then chuck him in there and say, hey, we want you to throw 44 times. Hey, you're young. That arm's, that arm's loosened up. Let's go. Throw it. Yeah. We'll that's... talk about that. Lots of other things to talk to uh, Mark about as well. Uh, coming up in the uh, at the bottom of the hour, uh, bottom of the five o'clock hour. We also will have our weekly uh, visit with Jeff Trailer uh, and uh, get his thoughts on the game uh, coming up this week with Army. Uh, Army is a little bit different this year in that um, they still run the ball, but they do it more out of the shotgun than they have in the past. It's still option football, and I've only seen a few snippets of them them playing this year. So we'll have to uh, figure out how the Roadrunners are going to slow down that offense. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball very well against UTSA's defense. And uh, we'll see what UTSA has and what he thinks uh, going into um, in, into this uh, this weekend's game with, um, with Army on Friday night. Uh, we also have another NBA story to get to, and that involves the guy from Houston, Kevin Porter. This guy is an incredible coward. He uh, beat the crap out of his girlfriend to the point where she has a broken vertebrae, lacerations on her face. He has been charged with felony assault. He is definitely looking at time. And my guess is, is that time's going to be far, far away from an NBA arena. Uh, if uh, Adam Silver gets the, if the, if what is, a, what is uh, what the allegations are are true? He should never ever play basketball for a professional league again. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, Woj earlier, and he was re, uh, reiterating the same thing: is it's he's like like you said, if these allegations are true, and, especially with the fractured uh, the fractured vertebra. Yeah, he's he's not gonna touch the court. He's not gonna touch an NBA court. I'll put it that way. He's not gonna touch an NBA court ever again, and well, he shouldn't. And he should not. And listen, we're trying to do our best to get rid of um, domestic violence. And I, I got a whole uh, smorgasbord of things to talk about along this line. A lot of avenues to go down. I don't understand what drives someone to go that far. I know you get upset with your your spouse or your significant other. All the time. Every every relationship has its ups and downs. But why does it result in violence? And especially that kind of violence uh, towards someone that you're clearly more powerful than. So we'll get into all of that uh, coming up. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers in the next segment. First up, if you have a car and it's not running as efficiently as you would like for it to, 
you might want to consider putting some BG in it. That's the BG Fuel System Service. This uh, goes in your gas tank, and it will thoroughly clean all of your fuel system components. You'll see better fuel economy. You'll see a better performance in your car, and uh, that's a good thing, especially with gas prices the way they are. The more that you can get out, the merrier. You'll also see, uh, want to check out the BG Climate Control Service. How many times, especially if you had a car for a few years, you turn on the... Uh, the car, the uh, the air conditioner or the heater is already on, and all of a sudden some foul odor comes out of the vents. Stop that. You can fix that right away with the BG Climate Control Service. Hospital-grade disinfectant kills all the mold and bacteria. You'll uh, enjoy the air that comes from your vents. And your vehicle's cooling system is obviously crucial. When the, when the uh, cooling system breaks down, so does your engine. Expensive repairs follow. We don't want any of that. So try the BG Cooling System Service to make sure you prevent corrosion and reduce the risk of overheating. We always say with BG products, be good to your car. A BG Fuel Service, Climate Control Service, or Cooling System Service can get the job done at your next oil change. If your uh, place that you go to get all that taken care of does not carry BG products, you can find one that does at bgfindashop.com. It's the Andy Everett Show. It's 414 on Ticket 760. For Aaron Rodgers, we'll see. I've got some thoughts on that coming up. Did you know that Rufix is the Lowe's independent service provider? They have the Lowe's reliability and buying power and the skills and expertise of Rufix to fix your roof no matter what the issues are. If you've got a leaky roof or you need a completely new roof or you want solar or metal, all of that can be done with the combination of Rufix and Lowe's. And uh, you can uh, find out all of this information at Lowe'sDoesRoofing.com. Roof repairs, whole new roofs, lifetime warranties on labor and materials. And this partnership now gives everyone access to the largest metal roof selections in all of Texas. A metal roof from Roof Fix and Lowe's will be the last roof you ever buy. Right now, 50% off labor. Choose one of their zero-down, zero-interest plans. You can afford to get the roof you need from Lowe's and the insulation and backing of Roof Fix. Learn more at Lowe'sDoesRoofing.com. That's two. 210 fix roof, 210 fix roof, or Lowe's does roofing.com. All right, couple things. First of all, I still think the Jets can have a decent season without Aaron Rodgers. It's probably not Super Bowl bound, but I still think I think they're better than New England. Uh, I think they proved last night they're equal to Buffalo, although I think Buffalo will end up getting a little bit better. Uh, and who says that Zach uh, Wilson now all of a sudden doesn't have a coming out party and starts his career all over? If they go, if they go nine and eight or ten and seven, I think that's better than most are expecting. Now I don't expect them to beat the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and but I think that they're gonna. I think they can beat New England. And I think they can be a, a, a middle of the road team and barely miss the playoffs, which I thought they were gonna barely miss the playoffs anyway with with Aaron Rodgers, and and maybe they change the game plan. Maybe this fires them up for a little while. And if Zach Wilson has a couple of bad games over the next few weeks, now they start looking at the waiver wire. They look at quarterbacks that could come in there and do this. I, I, I don't need to see all the guys that have failed someplace else. I don't need to see Tom Brady. I don't need to see any of those other guys uh, that, that keep getting mentioned. Just go with Zach Wilson and see what you can do. And if you end up in the with a bad record, if your team does go to, you know, has four or five wins, guess what? You're going to get a top draft pick. You can draft a quarterback, or you can bring back Aaron Rodgers, or you can do both next year. Now, 
let's say you go, you do have a bad year and you win four games and you're probably going to be in the top five or six. Guess how many quarterbacks are out there next year? Not just Caleb Williams, but you got May and you got Penix. Uh, you may have Shadour Sanders if he decides he wants to come out. You're going to have a, a lot of players that are potentially going to be a good quarterback for you. And if Aaron Rodgers says, hey, I want to give it one more shot, who better to get tutored by uh, than a young for a young quarterback than a vet like Aaron Rodgers? So I think that's uh, in the making. Now, there is this. I believe that was uh, heard on Doug Gottlieb earlier that if he just simply walks away and retires and does not give the money back, the Jets are on the hook for like $50 million next year. He's not walking away from his salary. He's going to make $38 million next year. He's coming back. He is going to rehab this. This will motivate him. He'll spend a few more days in that psychedelic uh, chamber out in Oregon and feel great about himself. And come training camp, he'll be ready to go again, and he'll give it one more shot. There's no way he's going to let Tom Brady retire at 45 and then quit when he's 40 because of an Achilles injury. Achilles injuries, from what I'm told, we'll visit with Doc Garrett about this tomorrow, really are your explosive your explosive uh, deal in your body. It helps you jump. It helps you jump stop. Uh, and you don't not, I mean, you always, obviously have to have one to be an athlete, but there's other muscles and things in the body that may be just as or more important than an Achilles issue. We'll get all the details on that from him tomorrow. I don't think his game, I don't think his, uh, his career is over yet. It's certainly in the twilight. He's going to have uh, one more, one more shot. Now there was this story that comes around that all these NFL players all of a sudden want to play on grass fields. Well, it was Brett Favre that said a couple of weeks ago, about the field that is at MetLife Stadium, which was put in two months ago or less, was, was in his mind, and he, I think he was quoted as saying, this is the best turf field I've ever played on. Um, this was the, the, the issue with this, which can happen on any NFL play, was a, a, a young offensive lineman missing a block and a very large man falling on top of him while you're twisting to get away. That can happen on any play, on grass, on the concrete, on turf, whatever. If you look at games that are traditionally played on grass fields, it's really hard to play two weeks in a row on a grass field. And in MetLife Stadium, you often have to play two games in successive days. There are some times where the Jets or Giants play on Sunday and the other team is playing a home game on Monday. Doesn't happen all the time, but if you have a grass field, forget it. You can't do that. You also have the issue of what kind of grass do you put on these fields? Remember the Super Bowl last year? They, uh, the, uh, the United States Golf Association, which has a, a grass-growing company in conjunction with Oklahoma State University in Stillwater, created a field that had they played the game in Oklahoma would have been a great field. But by the time they transported that grass to Arizona and tried to get it to grow to that climate and that condition and then wheel it in for the stadium, turned out to be a slippery mess and people were slipping and sliding all over the place at the Super Bowl last year. So the grass that you put on a stadium in California may have to be different grass than you put on a stadium in Florida or New York or someplace else. And if you, you know, they can say all they want. I know Doug Gottlieb was, I think, was just pulling numbers out of the air when it came to, you know, how many injuries are there on grass compared to injuries uh, on turf. 
statistically speaking, now the turf companies, because they know they're going to get criticism for this, have had, had people actually do independent studies. And it seems to be that more ankles get hurt on grass and more knees get hurt on artificial turf. This was a freak injury. It's happened. It's not the first Achilles injury that's going to happen. It won't be the last one. Players are doing a lot of things uh, with their bodies uh, at a very high speed with a lot of force coming at them in many different directions. The athlete of today is faster and stronger than they've ever been before, and they're going to be faster and stronger and bigger in the future. You can just count on when bodies run into each other, there's going to be people that are hurt, and there's going to be people that get injured. And it sucks for Aaron Rodgers, and it sucks for the Jets, and for the NFL, and for the fans, and anybody that had him in their fantasy league, but this stuff happens. It always happens. It's going to continue to happen. The maintenance of a grass field to get it ready. For, if you have two home games in seven days, or sometimes in six it is a nightmare for the grounds crew to get that done. And when they can't get it done and they have to play on a substandard field, guess who they blame? The grounds crew. Well, it may be Mother Nature. They may not have sunshine that week. They may not be able to grow the grass back. There's a whole bunch of things that go with that. If we were talking about the old artificial uh, AstroTurf that they originally had in the Dome, in the AstroDome years ago, yeah, I can see where there would be a complaint. But most of the NFL players especially as good as they've gotten with this artificial surface and the rubber pellets that they put in there. This is the field that they play on in high school. It's a field that they play on a lot in college. And I've heard that Chris Del Conde at Texas is going to change the field from turf to, uh, to grass. And my question is, is why wouldn't you keep it turf? Now the SEC is a hundred percent grass fields. Every stadium in the SEC is a grass field except for Texas coming in, I'd keep it. Unless there's a mandate in the SEC that you have to have a grass field, um, then uh, then that's then, then, then okay. But that would be a great home field advantage, I think, for the Longhorns to play on turf. Now, it would also be a disadvantage when they go on the road because they're going to go on the road five times and uh, and have to play uh, play on grass. And if you're a really quick and fast team, Teams will turn the sprinklers on the night before to make sure that grass is good and slippery so you can't cut and make plays like you'd like to. So I don't think it's the turf that caused this injury. I think it was a freak accident. I don't think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers, and uh, hopefully we can get through this season without too much more sadness. So two things to that. One, uh, th here's this was an article that was uh, a sur not a survey, but a study that was done uh, on the turf versus or, or the grass. This was in ESPN back in April, and it said the rate for non-contact lower extremities injuries on artificial turf rose to a rate of 0 0.048 per 100. The corresponding rate on grass was 0 0.035. So it's minuscule. It's, it's minuscule. And I, I understand that there's NFL players that are like, oh, yeah, it, it, you blame the, the grounds crew. If you want to blame anybody, blame the idiot left tackle, Dwayne Brown, who's supposed to be all pro. Go back and watch that play, Andy. He absolutely whiffs on blocking, uh, I don't know who it was, the, the linebacker or defensive end. He absolutely whiffs. He doesn't even try to block him. He tries to, like, fall down, cut block him. You want to blame somebody? You blame that dude.
for the reason that Aaron Rodgers well, goes here's, down. Here's the biggest biggest proponent for a grass field is it's cooler than an artificial turf field. And if you're, you know, last week uh, at Texas, I think uh, for the Rice game, it was 166 on the field. Some like thermometers. That. Yeah. On a grass field, it would probably be 102. Yeah, but so, it's it's a night game. So well, who cares? Well, yeah. Well, the Rice game was not at night. No, no, no. I'm talking yeah. about last night's game. Oh, it, last night. Yeah. Last night's game, and yeah. it rained. But, so who cares if it's hot? That's the argument for a, the best argument for a grass field. And if you're a high school and you have a choice, even though the, the, uh, the installation of the turf is probably going to be more expensive in the beginning. It's a lot better than trying to hire somebody to get your field ready for the next week. All right, we'll get more of Aaron Rodgers' discussion in the 6 o'clock hour. Jeff Trailer also at 6 o'clock. Mark Vandermeer at 5.30. I got to address this thing again about football stadiums and where UTSA should play, and we'll get that next. If you're looking to get your house remodeled, I strongly suggest a, a call to Keith and his team at KM Builders. Keith and his daughter Morgan have teamed up as management of this operation, and uh, Keith's been doing it for 40 years, teaching her the operation each and every day. She comes up with some remarkable designs and, and ideas as well. You're dealing with a family that is uh, very, very close, and they do a great job together. They're just great people when you deal with KM Builders. But most importantly, it's not just the people. It's what they, the product that they put, they put out. Just take a look at the pictures on their website. You're going to see, wow, the beginning and the after those are some amazing things that you're going to see, and maybe they can do that in your house. And they pay so much close attention to detail. Where are the cabinets? What color are the cabinets? Do they match uh, the tile or the uh, flooring in your home? Is the lighting in the right place? All of those things are details that uh, not very many companies know necessarily all that about, and uh, KM Builders uh, can do it great. If you have a picture, if you've drawn something on a dinner napkin, if you've just dreamed it up in your head, KM Builders can make that dream become reality. 680-KMCO. They're online at kmbuilders.com. Check them out today. It's 431. It's the Andy Everett Show on the ticket. All right, it's 436. It's the Andy Everett Show on the ticket. Want a stat of the day? I'm always up for a stat of the day. The Athletic is reporting this. Okay. So I'm going to go that this is legit because I didn't verify it, and I don't even know where I would go to verify it. But no team in the same season has ever lost 40 to nothing or worse, lost the sack battle 7 nothing or worse, lost the turnover battle 3-0 or worse, had a block field goal return for a touchdown, and threw a pick six in the same season. It's never happened in the NFL in the same season. It happened to the Giants in one game. That's so obscure that <laughs> I I would believe I would believe that. Yeah, that's a very obscure just random amount of, amount of numbers. But it's not surprising because you also see like in the NBA where it's like, "Oh, so and so is the first ever to shoot uh 52% under the age of 23 and you know they all of these most the most random stats where it's like such and such team is 3 and 0 on night games on artificial turf on the road in December yeah and they've never <laughs> and they're all of their players are under 22 when no team is there it's like some of these are the are the most made not made up stats but like made up you know history stats where it's like that's not relevant. Who cares? But that's an interesting one, you know, for as long as football's been around for that not to happen and All then right. to happen. I got to I got to get to this topic. Uh, Sunday night, I watched the Cowboys game. Then I watched the uh, uh, WOI News and Sports Sunday with Don Harris. I got all the Cowboy information and a great show as always. 
And then they do something called um, Sports Sunday Overtime. And it's Don and David and Richard Oliver debating different topics. And I don't know why this topic came up. It's come, it comes up, it seems, once or twice a year. But for me, people that don't follow UTSA routinely ask me this question, I don't know, 10, 15 times a year. And the question is, is how much longer is UTSA going to play in the Alamo Dome? And when are they going to get their own on-campus stadium? And my first question is, why would you want that? Well, you know, they can't fill it up. I'm going to get into that in a second. Why would you not want to play in the Alamo Dome in September when it's 100 degrees, in October when it's windy and raining, and in November when it's cold? Why would you not want to play indoors if you have that opportunity? You can talk about the Alamo Dome being somewhat bland, if you will. There's some, uh, there's some polls out there that suggest the Alamo Dome is one of the worst 20 stadiums in college football. I think it's one of the best. From a working standpoint, it's great. We always talk about, well, we got to do things more downtown. We're going to build a baseball stadium. Let's put it downtown. We got to get Spurs. Let's put them downtown. Why wouldn't you put San Antonio's football team downtown as well? And, and first of all, let's just get the, the big uh, elephant out of the way. It would cost about $250 million to build a stadium that would seat, say, 40000 And the more you go up from there, it's going to cost more. And those costs are going up. And there's so many other things that are so much more important to UTSA athletics right now. Covering the practice facility, getting the recruiting budget up, getting coaches' salaries up, making sure kids have the, the right nutrition and meals on demand before and after practices, which are not at normal eating times, uh, to uh, get staff salaries up, uh, to uh, fix basketball and put a practice facility for basketball. And there's discussion on what the, where the, the Roadrunners play basketball in the future. Is it, an, is it an on-campus stadium or is it some kind of a shared facility someplace else? Maybe with the Spurs, maybe with the school district, who knows, but someplace other than the Convo. Build, re, relocate and rebuild the softball complex. It's not just football, even though football drives the bus. And there's so many other things that are so much more important than a football stadium on campus. And the last couple weeks, the last Saturday and this Friday, if you had tickets to UTSA football game and you knew it was going to be 102 in the stands and probably feel like it's 120, you'd probably find a way, a, a lot better reason to not go than to drive down to the Alamo Dome, tailgate for as long as you want, and then go into an air-conditioned building to watch your, your team play. To me, that's a no-brainer. It is by far, there is no question in my mind that the Alamo Dome is the best home field advantage that any, t that any stadium that UTSA has ever played in. Yes, DKR is intimidating with 100,000 people in it. And so is Kyle Field. But if you put a sound meter about halfway up the, the building in both DKR and in Kyle Field, the sound keeps going because there's no roof to enclose it. The sound stops in the Alamo Dome. Whether there's 20,000 or 49,000, it's loud in there. And that's a great home field advantage. And UTSA has won games. They've lost two games in the Jeff Trailer era. They lost to Army and they lost to, to Houston last year. Those are the only two home games they've ever lost. I think they're 19-2. and two. It's a tremendous home field advantage. Now, there, there's also one other thing I didn't mention about UTSA. Where are you going to put it at UTSA? There's no, there's no land left unless they keep annexing land someplace around there. 
there's some land on the West Campus, but not big enough to put a football stadium on, I don't think. And then where are you going to park people? It's hard enough to park a thousand people for a basketball game, let alone 35 or 40 for a football game with all the tailgating demands. It's an absolute no brainer for the uh, for the games to be played at the Alamo Dome. And it keeps getting brought up that, well, they don't fill it up. Well, guess what? 99 per, well, 90% of football teams across America don't fill up their stadiums. In, uh, if you look at the, the, the conference attendance stats or the team attendance stats from Team 1 through Team 132, Michigan, uh, Texas, Texas A&M are the schools at the top because they have uh, Tennessee. They all have buildings that seat over 100,000 people. The average, uh, uh, average attendance at any college football game is around 27,000, 28,000. And that's where UTSA is, is average. They're, they're right there. I think statistically, because there's so many that are kind of bunched up, I think UTSA is actually the 75th best um, attendance in all of the NCAA. And that's factoring in the 20 or 30 schools that are always going to get the 80 to 120,000, uh, 80 to 110,000 people. Last year, UCLA had 33,000 people attend one of their games. They had another game where I think only 26,000 showed up. UCLA, Rose Bowl, Pacific Palisades, California, the, the paradise of, of the world, allegedly. And they couldn't draw flies to a game. And then you criticize what UTSA does or doesn't do. They've been around for 125 years. UTSA has been around going into its 13th. The biggest thing, the problem that I think sports fans in general, not UTSA fans, because I think most of the UTSA fans get this. The biggest and hardest thing for, uh, for sports fans to get their arm around is that they are so accustomed to watching a college football game with 100,000 people in the stands that they're comparing a school that's been around for 13 years in, it, in, in football to a school that's been playing football for 120 and to a school like Michigan that is the school, that Michigan State are the schools of record in their, in their states. It's not fair to compare UTSA to Texas or Texas A&M when it comes to who's coming to the games, the tradition that you're trying to build. Um, they were talking about traditions, and you've got um, Eyes of Texas and Texas Fights and Boomer Sooner and Saw Varsity's Horns Off with the Sway thing. You got all. You got Friday night yell practice. All of those things are traditions that UTSA hasn't had. A, they've been in the, in this business for a couple of cups of coffee. They're still trying to figure out what all their traditions are going to be, and yet they they draw forty nine thousand. Yes, it was a nice Saturday. Yes, Texas State was involved. It's a rivalry game, and then coming up Friday night, they probably won't have that much because it's a Friday night game, and it's a um, it's a high school football night. And you want those games on Friday because the entire nation gets to see your brand and see your team. And not only will you recruit student athletes to UTSA because this game's on ESPN Friday night, you'll recruit members of the student body who see the fun that's being had at the games that will consider going there. So that's another reason to, to uh, put it in an environment where you can get as many people as possible. For everybody that wants the Spurs and the missions and everything else to go downtown, I can't figure out for the life of me why you would want UTSA to be anywhere else. And for those of you that are wondering, and I'll say this for the hundredth time, or this week anyway, uh, there are no plans right now for an on-campus football stadium. There's way too many other fish that need to be fried first. And from if you ask the players, you ask the coaches, you even ask the opponents, would they rather play 
in uh, in Houston on a night game when it's 104 and it's it's a miserable, humid night, or would they rather play in the Alamo Dome and every single one of them wants to play where the Roadrunners are playing? Yeah, for the most part, they just just focus on being the uh, top attendance in your conference. You know, looking at uh, last year's American Athletic Conference. East Carolina was first. Uh, I was seeing UFC. Or, or UCF, sorry, UCF. Well, not, well UCF, uh, and this is going off yeah. of last year. Yeah, that, so. well, UCF was was in the ballpark, UC, but UCF is now a Big Twelve team, so I'm not counting them. Okay, so then if you want to go with that route, East, uh, yeah, East Carolina, they get was about forty six, right? Thirty nine thousand. Okay, so about thirty nine thousand. Then you have Cincinnati, who they're again, they're not in there anymore, but they were at thirty eight. And then you have Navy. Obviously, it's Navy. And one of the things about Navy, understand something about Navy. If you are, are a student at Navy, you're going to is, the game. It is required <laughs> that you go to the game. Yeah. You do if you if you want to do extra uh, workouts and calisthenics. Don't show up. They take attendance. They take role. And it's not your picture on Snapchat that says you were there. If you don't go to the game and your student ticket isn't punched, you're punished the next day. Yeah. So other than those. Realistically, they're about, 20, I would say, an average of right now twenty five thousand. Now UTSA is obviously averaging forty nine thousand right now. But if you go by numbers last year, they were at twenty seven and change. Uh, SMU was right in the same ballpark. Memphis was 20, about a thousand higher. Yep. Uh, South Florida was about three thousand higher, and East Carolina was about ten thousand higher. Yeah. So you got to, you know, even Baylor and Oklahoma State sometimes only put like forty four thousand. Uh, Texas Tech forty four forty five thousand. It's not like they're getting a hundred thousand everywhere we go. The 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 Roadrunners are in the right place. They're in the right building. They're in the right environment. And there's other things they got to do at UTSA before they worry about football stadiums. Oh, and about 2050, maybe. Now, if they tear down the Alamo Dome and they build a new Alamo Dome at some point, then UTSA should be there as well. And maybe it'll be a retractable roof, and that'll even be better because you can get the best of both worlds when it's nice outside. But that's coming to San Antonio at some point because the Alamo Dome's already 30-plus years old. All right, uh, we got more coming up as we continue on the program. If you are a DIY person when it comes to fixing your car, you can find out why people are falling in love with Pick and Pull. It's the largest inventory in South Texas of uh, places that you can get uh, cars uh, or parts for your car. They have this interchange in real-time inventory search system at PickandPullSA.com. They have yard maps to find your parts car and a shuttle to take you right to it. Now, you know they buy cars all the time. So if you've got one you want to sell, they'll give you cash for it, buy it from you on the spot, give you a top dollar too, and haul it away for free. It's the best quality-use auto parts for those DIY guys under the hood. Or to sell something you no longer want, go to PickandPullSA.com. They buy more because they pay more, and they have more parts cars than anyone else in town. 448, the Andy Everett Show on the ticket. All right, 453, it's the uh, Andy Everett Show on ticket 760. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about, uh, what do we got on 5 o'clock hour? We got this NCAA story on Tez Wallace. We got more NFL stuff to get to, including a visit with Mark Vandermeer. And a couple other things to get to. We'll get into some Spurs discussion before the show is over today. Spurs today officially waving Cameron Payne. Um, Josh Allen did not have a very good game last night. Uh, I saw some stat. I don't know. How, I, it was kind of wasn't a complete sentence, but it's something like he's had 82 turnovers in the last uh, two years or something, three years or something like that. I don't know if that was an exact number or not. But Josh Allen looks a little bit lost. 
And I thought the Bills, after Aaron Rodgers got hurt and they had the lead, could have probably just milked the clock and gotten out of there. But it just something, it just seems like something's missing right now with Josh Allen. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but uh, I was surprised that after Rodgers got hurt that the uh, the Jets still won. But, hey, it got me to 10-6 and six this week on my pick, so I'll take it. Uh, you are correct, though. It uh, He now has... 87 turnovers since entering the league in 2018. And I reiterate, if this was Dak Prescott. $55 million a year, baby. If this was Dak Prescott, <laughs> oh, my Lord. I, you know, they'd be burning the midnight oil on every talk show possible. Uh, he's just, Do you know Daniel Jones has more yards passing than Josh Allen? That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 a little sad. Yeah, and, I was. And Daniel, well, the the meme was really mean because it said he's got more than Daniel, uh, than Joe Burrow, uh, Josh Allen, and and Aaron Rodgers. I think you can take Aaron Rodgers out of that. That's just <laughs> that's just uh, getting a little bit too uh, too um, close for comfort, right there. Yeah, it, it, they looked. I mean, honestly, Andy, they looked terrible. They they looked lost. Josh Allen just. He has that Brett Favre mentality of just gunslinging it, but there's times where he has to realize he has to make the right choices, and he does not do that a lot. But, hey, he's leading the league in interceptions right now. You know, Zach Zach Wilson was a great high school player. He was a really good college player, although I think Frank Harris outplayed him when UTSA played at BYU in 2020. Um and I never thought he was going to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL or worthy of the second pick. But it wasn't just the Jets that thought that. Everybody did. Maybe he's grown up a little bit. Maybe he'll be better going into this this second chance for him. All right. More of the Andy Everett Show straight ahead. It's 456 on Ticket 760. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.